sounds good. Hey guys, it's Christina Campbell. Okay, I'm so excited for today's episode because we haven't had a pharmacist on before and I have so many questions for her. But before we dive into it, don't forget my clinic CE Wellness is 100% online to make it as accessible as possible for you guys. So if you're dealing with a chronic health issue or chronic symptoms, it's as easy as heading to our website, christinaemilywellness.com and filling out a consult form. All right, let me introduce our guest today. Her name is Katie and she is a licensed pharmacist and is the founder of Katie PharmD Health and Wellness Coaching. Her goal is to address the challenges in health, but in a way that allows her clients to improve all aspects of their lives while working towards their overall wellness. I'm really excited to touch on these things. When she works with her clients, she has a more holistic approach that is taken to ensure that every aspect of health and wellness is addressed, including mental and physical health. So please welcome Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you. I have lots of great questions for you. I'm excited to be here. Just to kind of dive into it, um, Mm -hmm. I guess the first thing I want to touch on is, and what I'm also really interested in, Mm -hmm. is the transition from a conventional approach they've had in medicine and pharmaceuticals to a more holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Was there a more like, like a specific moment that this happened for you from even your personal health or certain research, or were you always interested in this holistic side? Yeah, actually, um, I was thrown into the holistic side via a personal um, situation of mine, which I love to tell you. Um, I earlier in like my high school years, I was or I had issues with some anxiety. Um, it eventually got diagnosed as generalized anxiety disorder with panic attacks. Um, but at the time, it wasn't diagnosed or properly worked on, and it actually progressed pretty severely into causing permanent heart damage for me. Um, just because I wasn't approaching it or working with a professional to solve what was causing the issues. Um, And throughout those years, I had taken some medications that worked off and on. Um, They really worked as a Band-Aid effect, if anything. Um, But it wasn't until I decided to take the actual addressing the issues, looking at my lifestyle, doing everything that um, required hard work to really figure out what was causing the, uh, like the actual panic attacks and the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to work with multiple professionals to um, actually figure out all these problems. But what was funny was I had to actually rely on modern medicine at first because my anxiety was so high that I couldn't even approach the subject without getting anxiety. So I had to go on medication and then work on it via counseling, lifestyle modifications, um, nutrition, physical health, all of those things, um, which ultimately allowed me to get off medication and be in a much better place mentally with my anxiety. But it was this balance that I had to find personally between the medication, modern medicine approach, but also realizing that the true solution was the hard work, working on what was causing it mentally and what my lifestyle was doing to actually benefit or hurt my anxiety. So it was this balance that I discovered personally. And it was actually during pharmacy school, which is really cool. That's what I was um, Cause I was learning, yeah. I was learning all the medical side, but also feeling it myself as a patient, that balance and the importance of both worlds in order to really be healthy as a whole. 
That's interesting, especially because you're going through school. So just to mm-hmm. see that alignment there. And, and as you're saying too, you're trying to address the root of what was going on and you exactly, it was kind of to help at that time, but the goal wasn't to stay on that to mm-hmm. be in quotation, solving the issue. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also neat that you also are saying that it was like a full spectrum approach. It wasn't just one thing. Oh, so I actually, yeah. since this is the year, the interesting year of 2020 and COVID <laughs> and all of these fun things. Um, I noticed that mental health is a bigger thing this year. Mm-hmm. We've all been quarantined in our homes and just everything that's going on in the world. And we're kind of stuck in our like literal bubbles. Yeah. Um, given that you've had, and you've dealt with such severe anxiety to the point of being on medication and the story that you just shared, do you have any immediate suggestions or tips for any listeners right now that may have not experienced this previously, but because of what's going on, that they're noticing that they have some anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. or things like that. I think one of the first things, especially when it comes to mental health is admitting and accepting. Um, There's a, there used to be a lot of issues with even addressing mental health in public. Um, It was almost ignored or you don't admit that you have it. Um, But understanding at that moment that this is something you're feeling, acknowledging that you're feeling it and being able to address it in a more like, not science, I would say scientific way, less in the moment of the anxiety um, Mm -hmm. is a strong approach. Um, So just acknowledging it can be so empowering um, because if sometimes you feel so overwhelmed with the emotion um, and you don't want to believe you're like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. But acknowledging that at that moment, you are feeling this and it is normal to feel this. We are all in the same boat. Um, And then realizing at what point you might need to talk to a professional. I think people underestimate the benefit of talking to someone Um, and just having your feelings reflected back onto you and realizing that this is what I'm feeling and this is totally normal. And just being able to talk it out with someone is extremely important. I feel like I went so long without acknowledging that this was a problem and without seeking professional help, even if it was just to talk to someone about what I'm feeling, um, that's when things went wrong. And so that's from my personal experience, but also for most things, if you just let it draw out and it will just get worse and worse over time when it would have been a lot easier if you addressed it pretty early on. I appreciate you saying that just for people to talk to almost anybody, just mm-hmm. to know how you're feeling and, and that accountability, I think even if it's a partner or a friend or like professional, just making mm-hmm. sure that you have somebody to kind of a sounding board, another ear. Um, and it almost in my experience of just saying out loud releases like the stress inside. It's like, it's finally out of my body. It's out in the air. I've acknowledged it in the air to someone else. It's almost like a relief of just those inner emotions. It could sometimes be a fantastic release. That's true. Now, as far as like holistic healing, Mm -hmm. I feel like every holistic practitioner has their own belief system or Mm -hmm. the way that they handle their clients or patients or whatnot. What would you say is your belief when it comes to holistic health and holistic healing? Because it might be a little different than mine or we'll have similarities as well, but I know that every practitioner is a little bit different. So what is your approach specifically? So whenever I have a patient come in for whatever reason, via preventative care, um, they've just been diagnosed with a disease or they're just trying to improve their health with whatever disease they have at, at the current moment, I like to approach it as a 
what brought you to this point? And what I mean by that is there are so many aspects of our life that can bring a disease progression or can cause issues in the future. Those could be nutrition, it could be physical health, but mental health, your stress, your sleep, um, your social life, your spiritual life, all those things can lead to issues down the road if they aren't in a good place. Um, So say like a person comes in with high blood pressure and they want to get that under control or address it. Well, there's a lot of things in life that cause high blood pressure and just putting or putting a medication in our body might solve the solution immediately at that time. But if you keep the stressors in your life that are causing the high blood pressure, it will just progress. So I like to approach it from there's a thing I loved when I learned health and wellness coaching was, which is the wellness wheel. And so it's all the aspects of your lifestyle and how they might've affected your current state and addressing each one of those in order to really balance out your lifestyle. Um, so I like to just go through all of those things um, and look at every aspect of the life that could have affected what's going on right now and addressing those. That's the way I see a holistic point of view It's not just treat right now or one thing causing it. Usually it's a bunch of things adding up that can be addressed. It's true. And the holistic and like the wholesome approach is also that we're, we're different. We're all different, Mm -hmm. different stressors and different triggers and different responders and all of these things. And I try also to reiterate to even my clients that we, what so-and-so did maybe, and will probably be different or even how they Mm -hmm. are, their health history and whatnot there's all these different puzzle pieces that create exactly to be so bio individual. So that as a, a factor and understanding that, that we have to address our own selves with this mm-hmm. approach and all of these different factors um, makes the world of the difference. Um, one thing that I found interesting about you, which I personally did not know about pharmacists that you guys are trained, I guess, in your schooling to coach your patients or when people come to pick up their medications. Yeah. So yes, I don't know if that's a yeah. common sense thing or not, but I haven't been in a position to, to experience it, but now I know that you guys do that. It's, it's very interesting and very eye opener to me that when people go and they're visiting a pharmacy and whatnot, just that you guys do offer that and you're trained in it. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. This is actually, um, from what I gathered during my schooling is a more modern approach to multiple healthcare fields. So nurses, nurse practitioner, doctors, they're getting more trained in what's called motivational interviewing. Um, and we did go through school, like some classes and actual practicals that involved motivational interviewing, because it has been shown in the science that if you take the time to sit down with a patient, discuss everything involving them and make them like, it's more of a combination of educational versus an awareness of what's going on with their life and taking the time to do that actually comes with better patient outcomes in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and motivational interviewing is a big part of coaching as well, which was a cool little middle ground between, between the two worlds, but it really just empowering the patient with their own health and being there as a source um, for information, but also for encouragement um, and just, a person to talk to because for pharmacists, especially they're one of the most accessible healthcare providers out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a CVS or Walgreens on every corner in almost every city. Um, and you have that capability to go up to that window window and talk to a pharmacist. They have the education, but they also have the coaching capabilities to help you through any type of health experience you're going through. 
That's something I didn't know personally. So it's good even just to extend that information to people that when they're in, like you said, even at a CVS or a Walgreens, which is at almost every corner that they have the accessibility to some mm-hmm. special that is so close. So I wanted to just touch on also for those that are listening right now um, that maybe may have a more conventional type of mindset. And by that, I mean like more frequent antibiotic users or just geared simply to more conventional treatment what can make someone try a more natural route and given the people that you encounter and whatnot as well, do you have any tips or coaching um, ideas off of that? Yeah. Um, My first one is the most obvious, but not everyone has the ability for this, but if you can seeking out a professional of whatever you're trying to do. So if that's a nutritionist, if that's a coach, um, any of those professionals who know what you're going through and can help you through it personally, one-on-one with you is the ideal. The human body is very complex and there's a lot of moving parts and working with someone who has that education and knowledge can make things a little bit easier. Um, I understand that's not accessible to everyone, but that would be my number one, um, just because having that support is so helpful in any type of lifestyle adjustment. Um, I would say if you are trying to think about doing the switch, number one, educate yourself in what you can. Um, I know Google can be a great thing and a horrible thing at the same time when it comes to health, Um, but trying to reach out to people who provide that information. um, If that's online, if that's through social media, just to become more aware of what's going on um, and becoming more educated about how the body works and some of the things that could be happening. Um, And just start small is my next one. Um, Doing a huge lifestyle adjustment or doing something crazy with your health um, can be bad at the worst, but also unsustainable um, at the best. So I would recommend just doing some small steps um, and seeing how that affects your body and then go from there. Um, It's really about learning how your body works and how you feel in certain situations and learning from that to really improve your health overall. I am all with you there as far as self-awareness is so, so critical. And just, you know, for us, we're on the coaching side. So coaching our clients, but even we know for us being self-aware through our, our triggers and our foods and mm-hmm. just how we understand our own bodies and all of those things as well. Now you mentioned preventative health as well, which I'm all about mm-hmm. as my clinic, but for those that, for example, they don't have a formal diagnosis of anything, but they don't also feel a hundred percent any tips for taking preventative measures from what they feel then before they can get to another step of, of not so good health or some type of illness, any bridge there. So the self-awareness is a big help for this. Um, So when you think about how you're feeling bad, or you feel like you're going towards a certain place, think about what aspect of your health that involves um, and make the goal habits of create. So one of the things learning as a coach, I'm sure you're aware is the vision creating. So if you feel this way at this point, where do you want to be say in the next three to six months um, that would help prevent this progression to whatever you're concerned about. And then making the small goals to get up to that point. Um, It's just the awareness of what you, what you're feeling now, what you think you need to do in the end to feel at a better place that wouldn't, lead to whatever concern you have, and then making those small habits to, get, to lead to the ultimate goal. Um, habit 
change or changing and creating habits and goal creating are amazing mindset techniques um, in order to improve your health overall. Um, and I feel like that is the best approach for almost everybody when trying to just get to a health goal of any type. I agree with you on that one. And also as far as preventative, just given the year that we are having um, and moving into say flu season coming up, because as we're recording this episode, we are in fall, we're heading towards winter. Mm -hmm. A lot of my listeners are also from Canada, which is where I'm from. (laughs) Any suggestions? So so that way you don't see more of us as well at the pharmacy. Any um, immune booster suggestions, anything Mm -hmm that these listeners can do at home to support their immune system and also even their children, um, just the full spectrum. Yeah. So one of the most common things um, as a healthcare provider that we go to is stress reducing stress kills your immune system. That's known for that. So that's sleep, that's lifestyle stresses. Um, If it involves doing meditation, going for a walk, physical, physical activity is also good for immune, but also your mental health, which is helpful, um, and nutrition. So I know there's tons of like vitamin C supplements and things like that, but the best way to get those building blocks of your immune system is through actual whole foods. Um, so making sure your nutrition is on point, making sure you're moving and your mental health is on point, um, and making sure that you're sleeping are the big, big ones that have been shown to really just a build up that immune system for yourself. Um, I'm a big advocate as a pharmacist for a flu shot. So I'm going to put that out there. Um, but of course I understand that's not for everyone, but build up that immune system as much as possible and do it in like whole foods and exercise and just reducing your stress. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that as well. And I have to ask just out of curiosity and for those listening as well, since, um, we are speaking to you as a pharmacist now, what are, I'm sure you see all kinds of health issues and all that specifically mm-hmm. at your pharmacy and also at your practice, but what would you say from what you see most regularly are like the top two most common chronic issues that people come for either prescriptions or whatnot? So top two, number one is probably going to be hypertension, which is high blood pressure. I say that because that's also one of the most, um, easily address diseases when it comes to lifestyle modifications in a more holistic approach. Um, So I love working with those clients because most of them, there are some people that have genetic um, problems that lead to hypertension, but for most people, those lifestyle adjustments can make a huge impact um, on their high blood pressure and overall health. Um, So that's a big one I see both in practice and um, in my coaching business because that is something that is so easily addressed with lifestyle modifications. Now with, with high I would say number two is actually, sorry. I was just going to say with high blood pressure and heart disease being the silent killer, I call it here in, in North America. Um, can you also just state where you're from or where you're kind of based out of so people can understand where your, your perspective I'm just going to repeat that question. I was just asking where you're based out of. So listeners can kind of understand um, that given the health issues that you see most commonly. Yeah. So I'm based out of uh, Virginia, um, Charlottesville, Virginia, but I also have some experience down in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, So this is the kind of area I'm seeing a lot in the South and Southeast of America. 
remind listeners as well. So I'm just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Canadian though. So I just moved here in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I will say the same thing. Number one that I see is the high blood pressure situation as well. And along those lines, type two diabetes and things like that as well. So we're kind of out of the same vicinity for the most part or part of um, the US. So just on top of that, did you want to continue what you were saying? Your second health issue? Yeah. So funny enough, the second one I would say is tied between type two diabetes, which you mentioned and stress management. If that is sleep, um, some minor anxiety issues, I'm very much a, a supporter of if you have some strong mental health issues, going to see a professional, um, who works with that, but stress management and type two diabetes are then tie for number two for me. Um, and type two diabetes is another one that you can make a huge difference with some lifestyle modifications. So that's also one I love working with my patients on. Um, actually earlier this week, we had a patient who was diagnosed with it. Um, and they got on some medication just to, for protection level, but came back three months later had made huge lifestyle modifications and they took her off the medication and she's no longer in that diabetes category just from this modification. So I love working with patients like that um, and being able to see those transformations. Now for those kind of going off a question I was asking earlier, but now just Mm -hmm. talking about type two diabetes. So for those that are not like a pre-diabetic or a diagnosed type two diabetic, whether it's preventative measures or just in general, kind of even going off of chronic symptoms like cravings, mm-hmm. PCOS and whatnot, any tips for these type of people that um, can make changes in their dietary structure and mm-hmm. their lifestyle and whatnot? So the important part about type two diabetes is insulin resistance. So we want to make sure that we're doing stuff that doesn't lead to insulin resistance, which is just too much insulin being released in your body, basically getting used to it. Um, so nutrition is a huge, do you mind just going off of how that can happen with just the, you can just kind of touch on insulin resistance for those that don't know what that is exactly. Yeah. So insulin resistance, um, which leads to type two diabetes, the concern is that your body is constantly secreting insulin, um, in turn or reacting to things like food um, intake, some stressors. And because your body's constantly secreting the insulin, um, the sensors get used to it and it gets resisted to it basically. Um, so there's too much insulin going on and your body's not able to use, use the insulin to properly get the glucose into the cells, basically the energy into the cells. Um, so we're trying to prevent that constant secretion of insulin so that your body can still react to it and not basically get used to it. That's right. And explain to what type of people or type of dietary concerns that this is most, you know, it just happens more frequently too. What are they doing every day? What are they eating and how are they more susceptible to this? Yeah. So a big concern in terms of dietary consumption is large amounts of simple sugars, basically. So carbohydrates, sweets, things like that, just large consumption of, of them over time, um, because they are big triggers of insulin release in the body. Um, another big trigger though, that they found is fat cells actually can cause the secretion of insulin. So just not an active life and eating too much 
basically simple sugars and carbs can lead to this insulin resistance. Yeah. So as far as preventative measures, what would you say something that's as far as preventive measures, but also sustainable, what are some things that people can do today to prevent insulin resistance leading to say pre-diabetic to mm-hmm. diabetes and whatnot. And also there's research that shows connections with insulin resistance and PCOS. So even for those that are listening with say PCOS or these yeah. types of chronic symptoms, what can they do to reverse it? Yeah. So there's so many different aspects in the health wheel that I love to use that affect this. Number one, nutrition. My recommendation usually is whole foods. So whole foods are going to allow the release of these, um, energy or sugars slower. So less insulin resistance or less insulin secretion, which could lead to insulin resistance. Um, focusing on that whole food diet also will allow you to maintain usually a healthier weight. So prevention of those fat cells accumulations, movement, or sorry, movement exercise actually helps that properly use the glucose in your body. So get moving, get exercising, whatever that is, your preference of doing, if it's weightlifting, if it's cardio, if it's bar, um, that's a key factor. And also stress reduction is also a key one. So all three of those affect how glucose is being used in your body and how insulin is being secreted. So if you keep those balanced um, and maintain those, and that can be small steps just by adding more whole foods or adding a few more walks in the week, um, or just creating a better sleep habit, those can really, really affect it. And I love that you stressed earlier as well, um, to start small. So it's just Mm -hmm. create something sustainable. You need to start small and be self-aware of your challenges, what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve, all the things that you said earlier as well. So I think for those trying to make some changes that are lifelong, you know, focusing on everything I just said as well, but just start small and make those changes one at a time. And then it's also reevaluating your health and how you're responding. Mm -hmm. That's when we start to get almost excited because we're seeing changes and we're starting Mm -hmm. to do different things. So um, I appreciate you saying all of those things earlier as well. Now, Katie, just to wrap up with you, are there any last um, pieces of motivation that you'd like to just say or anything to the listeners before we get off? Yeah. um, As a pharmacist and from the experience I've had, it is so empowering to see people take control of their own health and realize that they do have control over it. Sometimes health and wellness can seem overwhelming and that medication is the solution to all of it. But in reality, you have the power to take control of your own health. And if you start small and realize that this will be a lifelong journey um, and you create those habits, it can really help prevent any disease progression, hopefully in the future, um, keep you off medications for as long as possible. So you have the power to take control of your own health. Um, It's just sitting down and saying that to yourself and taking that first step um, to improvement is the hardest part, but you can definitely get there. That is so awesome to hear it from a pharmacist as yourself. So it's just, it's very empowering to, to hear it from your side as well, given your background. Yeah, um, definitely. You want to just say one more time, your website, your company, um, and where we can find you as far yeah, as. Yeah. So 
I'm a pharmacist uh, part-time, but also I do have Katie PharmD Health and Wellness Coaching. So I do take those two worlds of pharmacy and coaching to help you be able to achieve those steps and move forward and create the habits. Um, that's just katiepharmd.com. I do have an Instagram, which is katie.farmd, um, and then also a Facebook page. If you just search Katie PharmD Health and Wellness Coaching, you can find me all over there. Um, and I will love just speaking and interacting with everyone and hopefully empowering people to take control of their health. That's so awesome. I appreciate you so much for being on today. Um, yeah, no problem. Sure everyone has learned so much from your words. So thank you again. All right. That's the wrap for our episode. Thank you again, Katie. And we will talk soon. Thanks.